Welcome back, everyone, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend. Hope you're enjoying it out there on the water or maybe getting ready for fall. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com. Like I said, boy, lots to do, whether you're out there fishing, chasing those walleyes or summertime bass or getting on some panfish. You know, crappies and white bass are setting up in those summer patterns where they can be really, really fast to catch. So lots of fun on the fishing side of things. And again, we got great archery events out there a lot of fun to be had if you're shooting the r100 out in bismarck or maybe you're looking forward to action down in lemoore there's a lot of great shoots going on and coming up to get you prepared for the start of archery season in september and of course all the shotgunning sports you would want to do getting those guns broken in getting set for upland season or waterfowl season so we got a lot of information out there for those as well up at newsdakota.com check it all out Uh, press releases obviously from game and fish we're seeing a downturn in numbers first and foremost those pronghorn numbers are off slightly from last year down about eight percent on the doe fawn side of things when it came to the counts but boy the gray cloud in all of those silver linings is the waterfowl populations and those numbers are off significantly so if you log on to newsdakota.com you know what to expect even if it isn't the greatest of news it's important as you get out in the field that you stay focused you know exactly what you're up against and where the birds are going to be so keep an eye to the sky and we're talking hunting already. Like we said, boy, on the 15th of August, we're going to have that Canada goose management season. And boy, it just just happens so fast. Summer just disappears so darn quickly. But there's a lot to do, a lot to see, and a lot to get prepared for as the seasons approach. So I hope you're out there enjoying every opportunity you have, whether it's on the competition side, the preparation side, or of course, just the fishing side. So getting ready is a big thing. For that, we're talking with Jason Smith, big game biologist with the North Dakota Game and Fish Department, to see where the southeast white-tailed deer herd stands as we get ready for that big season. That's coming up right after the break. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We are tiptoeing our way into August, and a lot of folks are thinking about that bow stand and getting out there after some white-tailed deer. And for that information from the shores of Jamestown Reservoir, we have Jason Smith, big game biologist with the North Dakota Game and Fish office there. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Nick. Yeah, it's great to have you on, particularly as a bow hunter. And folks are wondering, like me, how in general are deer populations looking in the southeast? Well, with the lack of a real winter, and obviously mild spring conditions, uh, the deer population uh, is holding its own, you know, and for the most part, from what we're seeing, are stable to slightly increasing, uh, which is great considering where we were just a handful of years ago. Yeah, definitely with that bump in uh, rifle tags that we've seen over the past couple of years and generally more folks out there in the field, they are looking for deer to hunt. And, And one of the big signs for that is the production of fawns year to year. How did fawning go this spring? Are you seeing multiple fawns? And and what kind of habitat are they inhabiting? And and where are they at in their stage right now? We've had good reports of good reproduction. And along with the stable population, our age structure is stabilizing as well. You know, and while that's great for getting those bucks into the older age bracket, it's also great for that female segment of the population. So along those lines, a stable to increasing age structure falls in with good body condition, especially with the, the lack of stressors in the environment with the climate climatic or the winter conditions relates to that good body condition and and then generally equates to better pregnancy rates and then multiple fawns being born yeah and are you you hearing reports of those multiple fawns maybe twins or even triplets yeah early on we've been seeing that myself and then getting those reports you know right now though there's in my travels there's a lot of corn and that deer are spending a lot of time around that so they're not as visible right now but early reports indicated that yeah they were seeing good numbers of fawns with 
Yeah, that's great to hear, and it's always fun to see those uh, couple of youngsters tailing mom wherever they might be walking in their adventures. Now, when the southeast isn't as dry as the rest of the state, we don't have the big red and dark orange blotches that we see around Lake Sakakawea, but it is still pretty dry. Are you seeing the drought having an impact on that, that fawning cover, and are you seeing it having a direct impact on the health of the deer herd, or are things pretty much okay? It is hit or miss. There's areas that look really good and are really green, and and areas that look really bad. You know, I spent a lot of time, you know, traveling around the state, especially in western North Dakota in, in early July, and it's really dry on my home area there, you know, north central North Dakota, really dry. But fortunately for us down here, especially in the southeast, we've had some timely rain, and in some areas, a lot of rain at once, and that's good. And along those lines, habitat conditions look fairly decent based on my travels in the southeast. Um, but as you said, we're in a drought. Some of the, some areas are good, some are a pretty tough situation. Um, you know, we could definitely use the moisture here, especially with the temperatures that we've had recently, just insanely hot. It will be interesting to see if the dry trend continues heading into the fall and upcoming winter. Deer in the southeast came out of the winter in great body condition, and for the most part, the deer that I have seen, uh, while out look to be doing well, uh, of course, the biggest problem that you can see with the drought is that lack of residual cover for fawning and sometimes lack of hiding cover in some areas. And then along those lines, a reduction in the quality of forage on the landscape if you were to take uh, agricultural crops out of the equation. It's certainly nice to have that uh, corn or soy for them to snack on as fall gets nearby. Does the drought impact parasites, or does it create more of one or less of another that might frequently attack deer during the summer or impact their overall health? You know, as far as, you know, disease issues, there are really no issues that we're seeing this fall. Uh, generally, the biggest impacts related that you relate to climatic conditions are those midges or biting insects. You know, they're called culicoides. And that can be a concern in some parts of the state, especially the southwest. And then it's limited by when we see that first frost. I mean, if we get that real good cold snap, a real good hard frost, it usually takes care of that. So uh, generally, anything that's related to that would be EHD. And you usually see that showing up late summer, early fall course you know that's dependent on that insect and that insects uh, life cycles are dependent on moisture to drive those cycles and so we don't have any concerns at this point in southeast North Dakota um, we did have impacts of EHD in the southwest and we did have a few cases reported east of the Missouri River last year. That was certainly a headlining part of last fall's hunting season was that EHD, particularly in that southwest. We're talking with Jason Smith. He's the big game biologist for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department out of their Jamestown office. We've talked about the quality of habitat. Let's talk about the quantity. Uh, what are you seeing on the landscape in the southeast in terms of sloughs and CRP and those places that deer you know, raise their young and find their shelter you know, throughout the entire year? It's no surprise that habitat can be a limiting factor and we've seen a, a quite a bit of reduction of of that traditional habitat that we had especially in the eastern third of the state but you know that appears to be stable especially after the big losses with the contracts expiring again there's still those traditional riparian areas that hold deer like you said we have those sloughs uh, cattails some of those sloughs are drying down but the cattail cover is still there you know and, and deer have adapted well to egg and crops so you know, while that's present out on the landscape, um, deer at least have that cover and forage component. You know, and along those lines, we aren't having really any concerns with carrying capacity at this point. 
yeah, it's good to hear, and good to hear that maybe we've hit that bottom and stabilized and maybe look to, in the next few years, as CRP comes back online, to add those acres. Wrapping up here with Jason Smith, big game biologist for North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Jason, bottom line, what can hunters expect this fall based on what you know now? I think we have a nice balance of licenses available for what we have for deer on the landscape. Of course, it's a year-to-year thing. That's the great thing. We're not set in stone for any one thing. You know, and trends for hunter success have been holding fairly steady uh, to even slightly increasing over the last few years. And we have seen a slight increase in available licenses for a few units in the southeast. You know, I expect those hunters holding a tag should do well. You know, and while that license guarantees the opportunity to get out and hunt, uh, the filling of that license ultimately comes down to access and hunter effort. Yeah, let's focus on that quick in terms of access. What are we seeing for plots and other areas where folks can access public or public access acres in the southeast? You know, we, we still have a good component of our public lands. You know, we have the grasslands in the southeast part of the state. We have a lot of uh, protection areas, our management areas, and then and then back to our private lands or our plots have been, you know, the number of acres there. While, while being reduced, they are, you know, holding steady for the most part with a few additions here and there. Yeah, it's good to see that the private lands group is always working hard to get those yellow triangles up. Jason, we thank you so much for uh, your eye out there on the fields and uh, across the prairie of the southeast, and we thank you so much for being on the show today. You bet. You're welcome. So some good information there from Jason Smith, big game biologist with the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Balancing that habitat element and that carrying capacity element that we so desperately need to keep our huntable game populations afloat here in North Dakota with situational year-to-year scenarios like the drought we're dealing with and the weather conditions that drive recruitment of fawns and production of fawns to keep those populations going year after year. So it all balances out at this point in time. We will wait to see what happens with CRP. Folks, you're gearing up here for that archery season starting September 3rd and of course uh, deer firearm season in November. Get yourself ready. Get an eye out there on the landscape and know what's coming for your hunting adventures. Have a lot of fun while you do that and while you get set for the autumn. And if you put in that extra time, I'm certain I'll see you somewhere out there in our outdoors.